0: This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Monday, July 22, 2013. I'm Caleb Brown. What drove Detroit, one of the most prosperous cities in America, into bankruptcy? And what options stand before the once great city as it tries to escape obligations it simply cannot pay? Emily Washington is a policy research manager for the Mercatus Center. We spoke earlier today. Conservative commentary has focused, I think, largely on the pension issue related to Detroit and how underfunded they are, and trying to essentially say underfunding of pensions means you're in uh, necessarily much worse shape. What share of the problem that Detroit has would you ascribe to uh, pensions?
1: Before Kevin Orr was appointed as the emergency financial manager, Detroit's pensions, as reported, were looking very good, nearly fully funded. Um, then Orr appointed a private consulting form, firm to do a an analysis of the city's debts, and they knocked off one percentage point of the discount rate that Detroit was formerly using. So that means that it's going to make the obligation look larger than it did when the city was using an 8% assumed return on its pension assets. So using instead a 7% return, the consulting firm uncovered what it said was a $3.5 billion unfunded liability uh, using uh, market valuation, which many economists um, insist is what's necessary for a defined benefit pension, the um, unfunded liability looks much larger at about $18 billion.
0: So they didn't really uncover uh, pension obligations so much as they used math that was lo- arguably a lot more reasonable.
1: Right. And maybe not nearly reasonable enough according to what economists recommend for um, pension accounting.
0: OK, so uh, to the extent that this problem already existed and was just uh, discovered through more realistic assumptions, uh, on n- another issue, what makes Michigan unique? Or I guess, what what is the problem? Let me restart that question. So what is the problem? Uh, beyond pensions that has allowed Detroit to get into the situation that it's in now?
1: Well, I think some of the historical policies that have favored the U.S. auto industry in Detroit um, dating back to um, implementing protectionist uh, policies to um, allow its industry to continue while maybe not being as competitive as the rest of the world have played a big part. Um, more recently, the uh, bailout of the automakers has delayed the um, day of reckoning for these problems. Um, but basically, these policies have allowed the city to become less competitive while um, still looking on the surface of it as if it's managing to pay its obligations.
0: Okay so what is the difference between Michigan and other states?
1: Well um, in Michigan one interesting institution is that the is that all public employees pension benefits are constitutionally protected meaning that um, cities can't renegotiate with their retirees on their own um, the emergency financial manager is an interesting um, position which most states don't have um, but he's sh- in theory, could come in and renegotiate benefits as well as um, debts to bondholders that the city couldn't have done on its own. Um, But that hasn't worked out as well as maybe um, Mayor Bing had hoped. So now um, the emergency financial manager has resorted to the bankruptcy filing.
0: Okay. So, but a bankruptcy filing, if I understand how these kinds of things work, bondholders are first in line. But if you have a constitutional protection against cutting pension benefits, doesn't that put pensioners ahead of bondholders?
1: I think it's unclear. Um, we won't know until it's um, decided probably many months or years down the road. Um, Harrisburg, Pennsylvania is an interesting case. It was denied federal bankruptcy protection because state law said that the capital city couldn't um, couldn't achieve bankruptcy. Um, so it's really unclear the interaction between state and federal laws.
0: Uh, Before we started recording, you mentioned that uh, there are some state arrangements that effectively allow municipalities to pay less than their required payments on bonds. How does that work?
1: So um, San Bernardino, California is an example of a city that chose to put pensioners ahead of bondholders, um, basically, they determined that uh, their obligations to CalPERS, the state's pension fund, were not um, actually a debt. So they still made that uh, required payment to CalPERS, where, and they chose to pay less than they owed to their bondholders. Um, but other California cities, um, like Stockton is still in the process of its bankruptcy proceedings. But it looks like they are going to choose to pay less than their required contribution to CalPERS and pay their bondholders in full.
0: That seems the most appropriate course of action because we assume that in any kind of orderly bankruptcy that bondholders come first. Uh, You said that it's not clear in Detroit with a constitutional protection. But don't many states have these sort of ironclad contracts that – make it questionable whether or not bondholders actually are first?
1: Illinois is another state that has constitutionally protected pension benefits. Health care benefits, which are also a huge obligation and very underfunded in Detroit, are less clear whether or not those count as part of the retirees benefit that's guaranteed or whether they can be renegotiated.
0: What have other states done? to try to deal with the fact that they have essentially crushing obligations, debts and otherwise, and uh, try to get back on sound financial footing.
1: Rhode Island is an interesting case. In the midst of Central Falls bankruptcy, which is a very small city in Rhode Island, the state passed legislation – guaranteeing that uh, bondholders would be paid ahead of everyone else. So that was in an effort to protect the ability of all the state cities to continue borrowing by um, alleviating bondholders' concerns that they would not be paid in full. Uh, that resulted in the state making or excuse me the city of Central Falls making large cuts to retirees guaranteed benefits. Um, in many cases, retirees are making about half of what they were promised from uh, the city.
0: That can't make retirees happy, but what is the likely result for for Rhode Island?
1: Certainly not for retirees. Um, I think the likely result is that it will, um, allow cities to continue borrowing more than they would have been able to had Central Falls um, not paid their bondholders in full. Uh, I think it's certainly concerning for many of the city's um, public employees and retirees that they might not be getting these benefits that they'd counted on, Um, and hopefully it will encourage cities to better fund their pension obligations, since um, I don't think any elected official wants to be in the position of not being able to pay retirees what they had promised.
0: Emily Washington is a policy research manager at the Mercatus Center. You can read more on taxes and spending at the state and local level at our website, cato.org.